started a long time ago with, with just an idea in Scott Brugman's mind. And then Scott Brugman and Todd Ballard sat in a living room praying one night, God, show us a place to start a church. And they ended up in the back corner of this creepy theme park. And then they let a few of us join forces with them. And then there was 12, 15 of us sitting in a circle in the back corner of this theme park praying, God, is it possible that we could be used to do great things? Is it possible that this church family could make a difference in this world and that people could go to heaven because we're here? I remember walking through um, the theme park and uh, genuinely loving it. I know that we've always joked about it, like the staff has always joked about it, that it's weird and that it's creepy and that it's awkward. But then I think it was probably really, uh, for me it was disarming, and I think for other people it was too. Heritage Squared made no sense. I mean, it was so far away from the metro area in my mind, or from Denver, um, it didn't seem to make sense. But we'd already named the church Red Rocks Church. We knew that God had called us to that, to that region for a variety of different reasons, other miracles that were taking place. And, and, and looking back, it was, the, it was the most perfect place for us to start, and God knew that. There are so many sacrifices that the leaders and their families made, and there's so much you know, blood, sweat, and tears, prayer, stress, everything that went into it. And in the end, they just they stay committed to the Lord's calling. But Heritage Square is what we were given by God. In that process, we, we learned an, an, an appreciation for that scrappy environment, which led to, to other scrappy environments like the dinner theater at Littleton and you know, the Vietnamese supermarket you know, at Lakewood and the old medical building up in Arvada. You know, it, it doesn't matter the type of building as long as there's enough parking places for cars to bring people that will make up the church that Christ is building. That's, that's what matters. When you look at the people that were involved, the vision behind the church, and just the clear presence of God's hand in that church startup. It was pretty clear to me that this was going somewhere. You look back and it's 10 years and it's like, well, of course, this is how God is. Of course, this is how he writes. This is the only way he's able to write is like glorious things and beautiful things. I almost feel like it's like a tidal wave that the Lord's created and like I get the privilege of being a part of it. I think we all get the privilege of, of being a part of it. God's sovereignty connected with people's faith makes something great happen. Red Rocks Church, what God's been doing through us makes no sense. And we've never been good enough and we've never earned it and we've never deserved it. But one thing I can say about this church family is we've been willing. Well, hello. I'm not crying after that video. There's a lot of dust with all the construction that's been going on around here. Welcome to Red Rocks Church. I want to first say hi to all of our locations, and I want to say a special hello to both of our God Behind Bars campuses, men at the Colorado, Colorado Territorial Correctional Facility, and women at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility. We love you guys like crazy. 
We're so glad we get to be with you today. And I want you to know something. You guys that are watching this from one of the God Behind Bars campuses, you are every bit as much a part of this church family as those of us who are in this room right now. So we're so glad that we get to do church with you guys today. If you're visiting, no matter what location you're at, you'll, you'll find out real quick. We're a bunch of imperfect, messed up people pursuing a perfect God. And so no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what location you're at, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're dealing with today, you're welcome here. And we're so glad to have you. And we believe that you're not here by accident, that God has a plan for you. And so thanks for joining us today. As you just saw in that video that, um, man, was moving for me. Um, I'm trying to recover here. Uh, you know, we're starting this teaching series called Heritage. And as many of you know, as most of you know, Red Rocks Church started in this, what we call creepy theme park in the back of Heritage Square, right? And as most of you also know, we have been evicted. And it's interesting because I told people the first week we started, like, we'll just be here for a few weeks. And then 11 years later, here we are. So Easter will be our last Sunday at Heritage Square, and <clears throat> it kind of feels like the end of an era in many ways, and, and the beginning of something new. And it's so ironic to me that our heritage as a church family in many ways was given to us at a place called Heritage Square, right? It's crazy. In this series, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do some reminiscing. Um, we're going to look back on what we've learned over the last 11 years, what Heritage Square has taught us, what that means for us as a church family in the future, but I think even more importantly, what that means for us as individuals today, right? So that's the game plan for this series. And I know a bunch of you, you've never been to a Red Rocks service at Heritage Square, right? You've, you've started in the last couple years and you've been a part of an, a, a different campus and you've never been to Heritage Square, but I know Many of you know what Heritage Square is, or you've seen it, and, and those of you that haven't been with us at a service there, you're thinking, should you really be that upset that you're leaving, right? I know that's what you're thinking, right? You're thinking, dude, get over it, right? And let me just say, from all of us who do have a whole bunch of history at Heritage Square, let me just say from all of us, don't you judge us, all right? You don't know what we've been through, all right? So don't you dare judge us. And I know that for some of you that will be hearing this today, you're really sad over this. And I understand that. A whole bunch of you gave your life to Jesus at Heritage Square. A whole bunch of you were baptized at Heritage Square. God took addiction away from your life at Heritage Square. You've had some big God moments at Heritage Square. And so for all of you who feel a little bit of sadness, as, as we know this part of our, of our history is about to go away, let me just say this. The square is going away. Our heritage never will, right? A location is changing, but who we are as a church family never will. So let's talk about some things that we will take with us some things that the square has taught us. And I think one of the biggest lessons that we've learned from Heritage Square is this. When we're faithful with a little, then we get trusted with more. When we're faithful with a little, then afterwards, 
we get trusted with more. And this is true for us as a church family, it's true for us as families, and it's true for every single one of us as individuals. This is a biblical principle that will affect every single one of us. That when we are faithful with what God has given us today, he says, then and only then, I'll be able to trust you with more. He says it like this, Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. In Matthew 25, 23, you have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. See, and I think as a church family, we learned this lesson, not because we're good enough, not because we're smart enough, not because we're just that spiritual. I think God, through Heritage Square, forced us to learn this lesson. Because if you were a part of Red Rocks Church back in the day, I'm talking like Craig and Margaret Vincent, Jess and John Davis, like the original gangsters, all right? If you were a part of this church back in the day, you know it was a lot different. It wasn't 10,000 people at many locations around the city and God behind bars and all this kind of stuff. No, it was just a handful of people meeting in the very back corner of a nearly abandoned theme park. <laughs> now, over the last few years, right, thousands of people will go to the Golden Campus on a weekend for church. And when thousands of people go to it, although it's a little weird, it's kind of cool, right? When just a few people get together on the weekend and they go to the back corner of an abandoned theme park to have church, that's not cool. That's a cult, right? That's what that is. It wasn't cool to work at Heritage Square. It wasn't uh, uh, Red Rocks Church at Heritage Square. It wasn't, it wasn't cool to go to that church. Nobody was putting car stickers on the windows back then. And it was next to impossible to build up the courage to actually invite somebody to church with you because you just didn't know what would happen. <laughs> and those of you who are around, you know. First off, you can only invite your athletic friends, right? Just because of the walk from the parking lot to the building. <laughs> There's only certain people who qualified. We had things called box elder bugs. I'd never even heard of a box elder bug till we started Red Rocks Church. These things came, it was like what I picture the plagues in Egypt looking like, all right? These things came in and they, the entire side of the building where we were meeting, you couldn't even see the pastel pink or whatever color it was. It was just box elder bugs. And so we had it sprayed inside and out. Well, the building's so old that the bugs just got through the walls. Like we had, we had semi-permeable walls. That's what we had. And so bugs would just get through. And so this is no joke. Before every Sunday service, we would get out the vacuum cleaner and, and we would vacuum up thousands of dead box elder bugs in the sanctuary. Welcome to Red Rocks Church. <laughs> I will never forget the day that Jenna Sauter went running. There's about 50 of us in the church. She went running out of the building with her hands in the air, screaming during worship. I thought revival had hit. No, she had box elder bugs in her hair and she lost it and went running out of service. <laughs> Welcome to Red Rocks Church. You couldn't flush the urinal in the men's bathroom. It would overflow with passion. I mean, forcefully, your shoes were wet. You couldn't escape, it was too fast. But you couldn't risk going in the bathroom in the lobby, and some of you remember this because about one out of every four people got locked inside of that bathroom. 
And so if, if it was your church, you just knew, but first time visitors, they didn't know. I can't tell you how many times I'd walk through the lobby and, and I'd hear this. Can anybody hear you? Hello, can anybody hear you? And I'd open the door and be like, thank you for coming on your first and very last visit to Red Rocks Church. And if you didn't have those sorts of problems with the bathroom stuff, one of my kids might just pee on you. That happened. Some of you were there the day that Scott Brugman came running in with looking for rags because my kid was at the door with his pants at his ankles just peeing. Like, we just offered things that many churches couldn't, see? But it was not an easy invite. <laughs> and I used to apologize almost every week I would say up front, I was going to say on the stage, but our stage was like a six inch piece of plywood. So I was up on the stage um, and I would say, guys, I am so sorry about this. Okay. Thank you for coming. This is, and I would say, this is very temporary. Like this is going away quick. We won't be here long. <laughs> Doo -doo -doo -doo. It just wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I had envisioned. It wasn't what I had dreamt about and prayed for. Like I wanted the kinds of walls that bugs couldn't get through. That's what I had prayed for. I wanted a parking lot within like a block of the church building. That's what I had envisioned, you know? I had envisioned big and grand and thousands of seats. Wash Park. Me and BZ, we used to drive around the city praying for locations before the church ever started. And we were just sure God was calling us to Wash Park. It was the coolest area in town. And so I would pray, God, give us Wash Park. God, give us Wash Park. And there must have been a mix up because we didn't get Wash Park. We got a theme park. <laughs> but that's not what I prayed for. I hated where we were. It was embarrassing to me. And I hated what we had and what we didn't have didn't seem right. Didn't seem like there was a future. And I told people about it often. And as I was thinking back this week, I thought, you know, if we're not careful, that's how a lot of us live today. I'm not happy with where I'm at in life right now. I'm not happy with what I have in life right now. And if you spend much time with me, I'd love to tell you about it. And we live that way, don't we? I can't tell you how many times I would pray, God, take us to a new level. Take us to another level. Like nobody's coming to this church and there's no money and I don't see how it's gonna sustain and we're all broke and we're all working multiple jobs and, and, and nobody wants to invite anybody because I mean, look, and I'm just God, take us to a new level. And, and, I, and I'm, as I think back after a decade, I can't help but wonder how many countless times God must have been saying back to me, I'd love to, just waiting on you. I'd love to take you to a new level. I'm just waiting on you to be faithful at this one so that I can take you to the next one. I'd love to take you there, just waiting on you. Because I wasn't faithful with what he'd already given me. I was upset and complaining. <laughs> See, this principle that we're gonna talk about today, here's what it shows us. We can't go running to God about our job, 
about our career dreams, about our finances, about our relationships. We can't go running to God going, take me to a new level, take me to a new level. Until we can go to him honestly saying, because you know that I've been faithful with what you've already given me. I can't say, God, take me to a new level in my career if I'm not being faithful with the one he's already blessed me with. I can't say, God, take me to a new level with my finances, with my personal finances, with my family's finances, with with my company's finances, until I know that I've been obedient and faithful with the finances he's already given me. See, this is huge to understand. God's promotion follows our faithfulness. We'd like it to be the other way around. God's promotion follows our faithfulness. So what's that look like? What's it look like then to be faithful today with what God's already given me so that I can experience what he has for me next? And I think the first thing that Heritage Square taught us, and we were hard-headed, we didn't learn this very quick, but it taught us that part of being faithful with what God has already given you is choosing to be thankful. That's what being faithful is, choosing to be thankful for what he's already given us. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have you ever heard somebody say, I just want to know what God's will is for me? Well, that's part of it. God's will for every single one of us today is to be thankful in all circumstances. That's not easy to read. Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God's will for you and me today is right where we are with exactly what he's already given us. Choose to be thankful. Now, I know some of you might say, dude, you you don't have a clue what I'm going through. Or you wouldn't say something like that, so cavalier like that. You don't have a clue what we've been through. You don't have a clue what I'm in the middle of. And the truth is, no, I don't. And even if you told me, I still wouldn't really understand what you're dealing with. This makes me as mad as it makes you sometimes. I didn't write this. God says to you and me, exactly where I have placed you right now, with exactly what I've given you thus far, my will is that you would be thankful for it, that you would find a way to be thankful for it. That's what it looks like to start being faithful with what God's already given us, with where he's already placed us. His will is for us to be thankful and for us to be obedient right where we're at. Deuteronomy 28, 2, all these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord, your God. You may feel right now like you are a million miles away from your dreams in life. Like, like you're not even close. And yet God's will for you right now today is, is that you would choose to be obedient right where he has you to be obedient with exactly what he's already given you. And so what that always looks like for us is, is this, okay, God, for many, this isn't the dream. Like where I'm at right now, the stuff I'm dealing with right now, 
This isn't the dream. This isn't where I want to be. But because you have me here for a reason, today, where I'm at, how do I honor you? And how do I be obedient to you right here? And God, this isn't the dream. This isn't what I envisioned, but with what you've already given me to steward, with what I have right now, how do I honor you with it? And how do I be obedient to you with it? See, that's what it looks like to start saying, okay, God, I'm just gonna be faithful with what you've already given me, where you've already placed me. That's your calling. You have a calling on your life today. God says, I'm calling you to be thankful. I'm calling you to be obedient. I'm calling you to maximize today's potential. Go ahead and put that next verse up. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Let me say this again. You may feel like you're a million miles away from your dreams. But today, God says, I'm calling you not just to be thankful, not just to obey, but to maximize it, to bust your butt and to make sure that you work extremely hard right where I've placed you. Be faithful with what I've given you so that I know I can trust you with more. And that's easy to talk about in church, but it's a lot harder to actually do if we're all honest. And I know because like a whole bunch of you, I've lived this one. I've experienced this one in different seasons of life. In fact, when Chad and I were interning, uh, uh, training in ministry at this church in Rockford, Illinois, before we started interning together, right when we started, I was interning and he was in a different discipleship program at the church called Master's Commission. And so these guys did certain things in the church and us interns, we did certain things in the church. And then the next year we were going to be put together. Well, one of the things that he was a part of were, were some school assemblies. They would go into high schools and all the high school students would come into the gym and they would do these like power feats, right? They would stack cinder blocks on top of each other and they would break them with their forearm, break them with their elbow. And they would, they would rip phone books in half and break bats over their legs. And it was so cool. And then their finale, it was just like testosterone through the roof. The finale, they would light the bricks on fire, put on a hoodie and bash them and break them with their forehead. Like it was impressive stuff. I don't care who you are. Then they, they went to, I can't tell you how many schools, within a hundred mile radius of the church, they just went to schools all over the place. And then they invited all these students back to these events every single night for a week at the church. Thousands of students and their families came and thousands of people got saved every single night. In fact, it was such a huge thing that the news stations uh, from the city started coming and filming it and going, I can't believe what's happening at a church. It was huge. And our friend Dan was running it and Chad was a part of it. What I got to do that week, <laughs> I was a part of the funny skit crew for Sunday mornings. And so our pastor was talking about the resurrection. 
And so I got to wear a Roman soldier outfit. And apparently back then, every church in the world ordered Roman soldier outfits from the same distributor. Because you know what I'm talking about. It's the plastic mini skirt, the chest protector, and the plastic sword. And so I'm standing next to a paper mache tomb that some very nice lady in the church made. And I got my plastic skirt on and I got my plastic sword and I'm like, he has risen indeed. And what I'm thinking is, is can she see my underwear right now? Because I hate my life. That's what I'm thinking. And then my real job, my, my, my big responsibility was on Wednesday nights, I got to run the lights for the youth group. A bunch of snot-nosed kids who made fun of my station wagon. <laughs> And so I decided that I'm done with ministry because I'm like, God, I gave you everything. Like I quit my career and I work at the church for free and, and I work so many hours and I'm trying so hard and like Chad's breaking fire bricks with his head and, and I'm wearing a plastic miniskirt. Like it's not working. And I, but, but really I was just like, apparently I don't have much to offer. I don't have a future in this. And a friend of ours came through town, his name is Monty, and I went to lunch with him and I was telling him about all my problems because that's what we do when we're ungrateful. I was telling him about all my problems. And uh, I thought he was gonna sympathize with me, but he didn't. And he got real serious and he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, your one and only job is to be faithful with where God has you right now. In his perfect timing, in his perfect way, he will take care of promotions. You need to stop worrying about that. And you need to start being faithful where God has you right now. So you do the best funny skits that this church has ever seen. You run lights for the youth group like nobody's ever run lights for the youth group. Because if you can't be trusted with a little, God can't trust you with a lot. And so that day I decided I'm not going to quit. I'm going I'm to see if God meant what he said. And I started taking running lights for the youth group and making funny skits real personal. And I would spend four, five, six hours before youth group just messing with the lights. I would go up to the church at night after everyone had left just so I could work on the lights and I would take down every single light and I would change the gels and I would aim them and I would listen to the, to the songs that the band was gonna play. And if the song got quiet, my lights were gonna go down. And if the song built up, my lights were gonna build up. And I got the cameras out and I would practice every single camera angle for every single band member. I just worshiped God through the youth group lights because that's all I had access to. That's all I was being trusted with at the time. And I believe it was, it was that painful lesson. That's the only reason that I get to be a part of Red Rocks Church today. And I wasn't smart enough or spiritual enough to figure that out. Someone had to help me. Someone had to pound it into my head. God is calling you to maximize where he's put you today. And so I've been asking myself a question all week, and I want to encourage you to ask yourself the same question. And it's this, it's real simple. Am I? With where God has me right now and with what he's entrusted me with right now, am I being thankful? Am I being obedient? And am I busting my butt to make the most of it? Because that's what it looks like to be faithful. Faithful. 
with what we already have. And when that happens, we know what God promises, right? Let's reread it. Matthew 25, 23. You've been faithful with a few things. Now, then, after, I'll put you in charge of many things. See, there was this moment that we had as a church family way back in the day. And and look, it was my, my fault. I was the one doing the most complaining, right? But we had this moment where we thought, you know what? It's time for us to stop complaining about Heritage Square. It's time for us to stop making excuses about how bad our facilities are. It's time for us to stop feeling sorry for ourselves and embrace what God has given us. God has given us a creepy theme park, then let's celebrate it. Let's embrace it. Let's be thankful for it and let's make the most of it. And so we got our entire staff together and as a declaration of our new found appreciation for Heritage Square. We made this. Okay, BZ, you were saying? Yeah, so uh, we got three new life group leaders this week, so it's awesome, we're on track. Thanks for that update. You guys, you're not gonna believe this. We totally just got four free passes to Heritage Square, unlimited rides. We did not, give me that. Oh, we certainly did. (laughs) Should we cancel staff and go ride some rides at the square? Yeah, guys, this is rock star treatment. Four tickets. Who should I take? Uh, Chad, fun on a roller coaster. <laughs> and Todd, obviously. And Matt. Cool. Showdown. We just hit rock star status. Don't be mad at you better grab your Nike shots Cause you got a long walk This park's a little creepy, yeah, you know Yo, we running this, let's go I'm at the square, I'm at the square Everybody look at me cause I'm standing in the square I'm at the square, I'm at the square Take a good hard look at me cause I'm standing in the square I'm at the square, son, so take a look at me Rockstar status in the 303 We got a train, son Around the square, come and get you some. I'm riding shotgun on a giant swan. Everybody look at us, we floating on a pond. I got my sunscreen with my flippy floppies while BZ's in the office, straight flipping copy. I'm on a teacup doing spins and dips. This ain't Disneyland, ain't no pirate ship. I'm still a rock star, cause I finally made it. I might hit a paddle boat or get my face painted. Got a train and Ferris wheel that'll really make your head spin. I'm the king of the world, rockstar supreme. We got the hot coffee and the crispy cream. Yo, get on your feet. Yo, man, did I fully explain? It's got a miniature train, a Ferris wheel that'll rock yeah, your yeah, brain. Yo, 
See, you clap and you encourage this sort of behavior from us. <laughs> we should be apologizing for stuff like that, but truth be told, we've decided that in honor of Heritage Square, we will do one last music video there. And it will be, in a word, epic. You'll get to see that on Easter weekend. Don't miss Easter. Heritage Square forced us to start being thankful for what God had already blessed us with, really. We just didn't see it. And I believe it was that lesson that allowed God to start doing things with this church family that have just blown us away. Not because of us. Not because of us as a church family. We're not that good. It's all God. We know that. And let me ask you a hypothetical. What if, what if right now that thing that you've been praying for, God, take me to a new level. Take me to a new level. Take me to a new level, the job, the career, my finances, the relationship, whatever it is. What if you've been praying, God, take me to a new level? And what if right now God's saying to you, I'd love to. Just waiting on you. Just waiting on you to be faithful with what I've already given you so that I can take you places you won't believe. Something we should be asking ourselves, isn't it? See, there's this huge misconception just about life in general, for me at least, all right? I won't indict you, I'll tell you me. Especially as a Christian, I have lived many years thinking this. Someday, one of these days, I'm going to experience a calling that God has on my life. Right now is just the grind. Right now it's just work. Right now it's just problems. Right now it's just less than ideal. But someday I'm gonna experience this calling that God has for me and I'm gonna do big things and important things and meaningful things someday. Listen to what Matthew 6, 34 says. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Red Rocks Church, there is no future calling that is more important than today's calling. This might happen. This is happening. There's no future calling that's more important than today's calling on your, on your life, on my life. See, God wants to do big and important and meaningful things through our lives right now. He wants to change us today. He wants to change the world around us because of us today. He wants other people to experience eternity because of us today. He wants us to experience life to the fullest today, not someday. There's a calling on our life today. God has a plan for us today. And, and, and part of that calling starts with this. Because you have me here and because this is what you've already given me, I choose to be thankful and obedient and maximize it, make the most out of it.
That's what it looks like, right? To be faithful. Now listen, God knows where you are. God knows where you wanna be. God knows what you're struggling with today. He knows what you wish your life looked like. He knows what you wish you were dealing with. He knows. Listen, more importantly, way more importantly, God knows where he wants to take you next, what he wants to do in your life and through your life next. And he knows that he can't take you there because you won't be able to handle it. You won't be equipped for it. You won't be able to thrive there until you learn some lessons that he wants you to learn today. That's why today's calling is so important. See, I think that's why God used Heritage Square to remind every single one of us when we're faithful with a little, then we get to be trusted with much. Let's pray. God, I I just wanna, on behalf of every single one of us, say thank you. Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in what we wish was going on and what we wish would happen that we flat out forget how amazing you've been to us already. Thank you for allowing your son to die on a cross to pay the price for our wrongs, to allow us forgiveness and heaven forever today that we've never earned, never been good enough for. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you that you have a very specific plan and purpose for every single one of us. Even if we don't know what that is today. And so God, I pray right now for every single person hearing this, I pray right now, God, that you would help us to begin to embrace where you have us. We don't ever wanna stop dreaming, but God, help us to embrace where you have us right here, right now, at this school, at this job, in this location, with these people. Help us to begin to be thankful for what you've already given us. Help us to be obedient with it and God help us to make the most out of it so that we can be fully equipped and prepared for where you wanna take us next. And I pray God that that as we do our best to be faithful with where you have us today, that you would remind us nonstop that you have already promised that you started this good work inside of us and you will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. And God, help us to be reminded of that. We as a church family have so much to be thankful for. And so right now, God, it is our absolute honor to worship you with music. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, at all of our locations, can we stand up? Let's worship.